0: Welcome into episode number 88. This week we got to talk with Rip Dickerson, who you may not have heard of, but your favorite outdoor personalities probably have. He's been in the industry for a long time, uh, around 20 years now, working for different companies, Primos, Pradco, Faradine, uh, you might recognize the name, Nightingale, uh, who he worked for as well, and he's now with Woodhaven. He's making... All kinds of stuff uh, when it comes to the outdoors, products, cameras, calls, anything you can think of. He's been on some pretty big projects that you'll recognize, and we get into some of that stuff in this episode. Kind of where he came from, how he got to where he is now, and a lot of other good stuff in there as well. So I think you guys are going to enjoy it, but first, don't forget about our sponsor for the episode, Rodney Hawkins. If you guys are looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, Rodney's the guy to talk to He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a specialist, land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Now, Midwest Farm and Land isn't your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022 alone. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois, so they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them or anything that might be available on the market or just to get an idea of what you're looking for, Contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also got a company called RG Outdoors, and he's currently carrying products from Radix Blinds, an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust. He's got burner self-defense weapons, and he's got Tacticam trail cameras. He's adding stuff all the time as well, so you want to keep up with what he's doing there. Or if you're interested in anything they have to offer, you can message him directly Through his Facebook page, RG Outdoors, email him at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com or just call him on his cell phone at 618-925-3153. You can check out our social media, too. It's Ridge Hunter Outdoors. Instagram and Facebook are the two we use the most. We also have a Facebook group for the listeners of the podcast. It's called RHO Podcast Patrons. We kind of post a little bit of exclusive stuff on there, kind of keep you guys in the loop on the podcast. When stuff's coming out, uh, the guests we're going to have on when I know enough ahead of time to let you guys know that stuff. That way, if you have questions for them, you can ask them on there, and we can ask ask them on the podcast. So that's RHO Podcast Patrons. That's the Facebook group. We'll also be doing some giveaways on there later this year as we get into the fall. RidgeHunterOutdoors.com is our website. If you see anything on there you like, use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, no space, and you get 10% off of that. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you follow us on there, leave us a review. We really appreciate that. And then YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. We're going to have some more videos coming out soon we've had a few now uh, from the cabin from Jeff's property Uh, there was one from Nate's property recently we're gonna have some more from him coming up soon so make sure you subscribe so you can stay tuned for all of that that pretty much covers the business side so like I said we're talking to Rip Dickerson this week it was a really good conversation I think you guys are going to enjoy it too so let's get into it this is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast All right, guys, we got Rip Dickerson in here this week. Rip, how's it going, man?
1: It's going great. How are you doing, man?
0: All right. Uh, we're looking forward to talking to you about some some calls and stuff and getting some little bit of hunting stuff and maybe some turkeys even and whatever you want to talk about. But first, I know we we talked about this a little bit. Where did you get your start like hunting? Was it your old man? Was it your grandpa? Was it someone else, a friend? Uh, Where'd you get started in the outdoors? We kind of like to go over that with everybody we have on for the first time.
1: Okay. Yeah, I got, um, I got started, you know, my dad, um, I'm like, uh, a whole lot of other people, you know, we, we quail hunted, coon hunted, squirrel hunted, rabbit, deer, you know, um. Didn't turkey hunt? Um, you know, I'm I'm a little bit older. Um, I'm all, I'll be fifty this year. As a matter of fact.
2: Oh, and, that's um, not old. That's not old.
1: Well, <laughs> well if you ask Alex the board, that's old. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I, I was on there with them with those guys a while back. And he was making fun of me for being old, and I still hadn't forgot it. <laughs> it doesn't sound like it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm still kind of upset about. It. Um, but... But no, um, you know, just, just hunting, you know, everything, man, we was, you know, whatever was in season and stuff. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of grew up in a time when, you know, your parents could, you know, you 10, 11, 12 years old, you could walk out the door with a 22 and go shoot stuff in the woods, you know, and Mm -hmm. your parents not, you know, wind up in prison over it. (laughs) So, um, Right. Definitely a different um, time. Right. And, uh, that's just kind of where I got my start. And of course, you know, I, I got into high school and got into sports and stuff and didn't, didn't hunt as much and, you know, then got out of high school and, um, got back into hunting and, uh, been, you know, been doing it ever since, man.
0: Yeah. So what kind of, like after you got out of high school and got back into it, what's kind of your, your number one target? Are you mostly deer hunting, you mostly turkey hunting or just... Kind of equal on both.
1: I'm kind of equal on both. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. try to hunt turkeys every day they're in season, and, um, I'm you know, I'm still mad enough at them that I, I've got to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. That seems to be kind of a southern thing,
1: ain't it? it? It is. It absolutely is. And, of course, you know, when you're like me and you're from Alabama, you know, there, there's a lot of people down here that uh, it don't necessarily have to be in season, you know. To, <laughs>
2: yeah. Yep. Yep. You know, see,
1: season dates, you know, they're down here are more of a suggestion. Right. You know, <laughs> or the rule.
0: Yeah, not so much um, a guideline.
1: Yeah, yeah, not a, not a hard, you know, <laughs> firm date. Yeah. A, right. You know, if, you, heck, if you're if close, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so.
0: If you're within a, within a few months, you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, you'd, you would be surprised at the people that are, you know, that are under 16 years of age and are, you know, handicapped in some capacity, you know, when that youth hunt and that handicap hunt rolls mm-hmm. around,
3: mm-hmm.
1: man, they come out of the woodwork, you know. Yeah. He, 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 look, he looks 45. But, but he's know, 16 he for he's that, seen, that weekend. you You're saying he's 15 and he doesn't have a license.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I thought you were going to say those people down there learn how to use a spotlight and drive before they get their license.
1: <laughs> well, that's a given. <laughs> yeah. That's a given. You, yeah. I mean, you, you, you do, you probably don't know this, but. We had a, a cop, a city cop, uh, a few years ago shoot a deer on uh, Federal, which TVA land, mm-hmm. TVA, inside the city limits in the <laughs> middle of the day, you know, lunch hour, <laughs> with parked his car, his, his cop car, his patrol car, got out and shot this thing on the side of a four-lane road
2: <laughs> well was it a big in,
1: in city limit yeah it was a good one oh, it, was a, it was a good one had, I mean, to,
2: had to be a reason yeah
1: i mean i'm you know i'm not questioning if it was worth it I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah. have a little tact you know <laughs> yeah i mean you know it's a little something and you know I mean, right it's, it's like says four-lane road and there's businesses like literally, I mean, there's a row of businesses on the other side of the road.
0: I bet no one batted an eye, did they?
1: Well, Except maybe I, the I game know. warden. Some, yeah, somebody somehow somebody found out. He, did it. Uh, he got he got in a lot of trouble over I that. I bet he
0: did. But, I bet he did. Yeah, well, I was but, gonna say we have our fair share of poaching, but I've definitely never heard of a cop shooting one in the middle of the day <laughs> into yeah, limits. You know.
1: You know, and I was, I, I was going to get into that too. I, I, I hunt in Illinois some and,
3: uh,
1: you know, I, I noticed that the, the shotguns up there during deer season, they sound a whole lot different than the shotguns <laughs> down here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They have a little different tone than the squirrel gun.
1: Yeah. It almost <laughs> sounds like a rifle sometimes. Pretty close
0: I, occasionally, you know, don't I, it?
1: Yeah i mean i I know I know what a a thirty odd six sounds like, <laughs> and I could swear and I you know and I've been trying to get somebody up there to tell me hmm you know, what What kind of work are you having done on that shotgun? It's
2: the it acoustics pick. in the hardwoods that you don't <laughs> that, necessarily okay. have down that's, there. I, I'm guessing. That's I, what it is. Yeah, you know, yeah, we've I'm got getting. all these
1: pine trees. Yes, it's
2: so. different acoustics. So.
4: Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Damn,
2: now
1: I'm
4: with you. Okay. The, <laughs> uh, the pine see. needles just soften the sound down there. You're hearing what it really sounds <laughs> like
1: up here. <laughs> that's what it is. Oh, oh,
0: that man, reminds me, I, I may have told this story on here before, but we heard from a guy that works in a certain – capacity of law enforcement that was out during shotgun season several years ago and he pulled up on this old boy who had he had his 12 gauge but then he also had his 300 wind mag with him and he pulled up and he asked him he said what's that rifle for and he pointed over there at fence line you know 300 400 yards away he said you see that tree line over there said "Yup." he said well i can't reach it with the 12 gauge
1: (laughs) Oh no. Yeah.
0: He wouldn't he wasn't trying to hide it.
1: Oh my I'm God. pretty
0: sure he got a hefty fine for that one.
1: Well so I I tell you something. So you know, when I you know I, I'm not sure that you can legally hunt in the state of Illinois. Anybody. Right. With all the rules and regulations you've got. I'm I feel quite certain there that at any given time, you're violating some law. There's a good chance. There's you know, a good and chance. so when I, when I, uh, just about every time I get ready to come up there for whether it's turkey or deer, I call mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'll call and I'll say, hey, you know, I'm coming up because, you know, in, in, you know, working in the hunting industry and stuff, you know, it, they tend to frown on it when you start getting a license for, yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, tickets for doing, you uh-huh. know, the wrong things. Uh huh and i don't want that to happen i kind of like my job right (laughs) but um so anyway i you know i'll call and i'll I'll talk to these people and i'll you know like you know hey it's you know you i'm just not sure you know what you know what i can do and what i can't do will you help me
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And, and you know and and of course they always do but um one of the places I was hunting in a Hardin, it was, I was in, this was in Hardin County, right on the backside of the Shawnee forest.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: There was, Oh my gosh, man. I, I I don't know if I've been many places in the country that was eat up with coyotes like that. Mm-hmm. And I love to, uh, to me, there's not a whole lot better than just shooting a coyote right in the face. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, like, I, I, I can't stand them. I will ruin a good deer hunt. Oh, absolutely. To kill a coyote. Absolutely. And, um, uh, I said, you know, what's the, you know, what can I legally do? Oh, well, you know, daytime, you know, you can, you can shoot them whatever you want to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, during deer season? Oh yeah. You're round. You know, you can, you can shoot them with a rifle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I said, so, so you're telling me that I can sit in the woods with a rifle during deer, deer season and shoot a coyote yes sir i was like okay uh-huh i hope nobody i hope i hope some of these people down south don't start realizing this because um <laughs> you're gonna have a problem you're gonna have a lot of coyote <laughs> hunters ain't we yeah you're gonna have a lot you're gonna have a lot less deer next year <laughs> yeah. than you have this year
0: yep um, uh yeah i'm the same way if i see a coyote whatever i'm hunting it turns into a coyote hunt just <laughs> i mean just as soon as i see them
1: Absolutely, man. I, I've
0: done it many, many, many times. Mm-hmm. But you're right; they don't care what you are shooting with up here. Whether. AR, fifty cal, tank. You know, I mean, dynamite. <laughs> on them. I mean, yeah. whatever. Yep, you just have at the coyotes. We do have a bunch of them, so I'm assuming that's you why. Do. But
1: you
0: do. Yeah, you're talking about it being hard to to hunt and not break a law at any given point. It's hard enough just to live in Illinois without breaking any law. So the <laughs> hunting that just kind of goes without saying
1: yes it does and i mean uh, it does they but. change
0: stuff every year too that's what you know that's why like you said you call every year that's probably not a bad thing to do especially being oh, I, I,
1: I do they know me on a first name basis
0: mm-hmm. especially from being out of state you know yes
1: absolutely not that any I, of
0: us local or in-state guys would catch any breaks but out-of-state guys <laughs> definitely ain't catching any breaks
1: no, man, no. And 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 I heard that for years before I ever got a chance to come hunt Illinois. Mm-hmm. Was that, man, you better not mess up up there now. <laughs> Game warden's up there on a whole other level.
0: Yeah, there. I would agree with that. So before we get too far ahead of ourselves, though, I want to talk about uh, kind of how you got into what you're doing now with the calls and all that working for Woodhaven. So take us back to how did you get your start in that in the hunting industry.
1: Okay. Um, I had, um, this was back in the early two thousands. I had, uh, I was trying to remember is exact year, but anyway, I, I saw online, I was, I was on the internet and, uh, you know, I mean, now then of course this wasn't the, you know, the dial up AOL internet. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, it was a little newer than that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It wasn't making
1: noises at you. Right. But, yeah. um, Anyway, I run across a, a an opening at Primos, and uh, growing up, you know, I was a I was a Nightingale and a Primos fan, and you know, you know, they were the two major players, you know, back mm-hmm. then.
2: They were making a lot uh, of videos back then on the VHS tapes and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, I had to have every one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm
2: I'm I'm a little older than you, so I I understand where you're coming from, bro. Yeah,
1: and I had them too. I had every sure. one of them. Yeah. We we literally. I mean, I, I every time they come new new one come out, didn't matter what it was, mm-hmm. I had to have it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but I, I saw a job opening for a design engineer, and I had um, been taking some CAD classes and stuff here at a, a community college here, mm-hmm. and always loved to draw and stuff. And um, I had my dad had AutoCAD on a computer and I I taught myself how to use AutoCAD and that just kind of evolved into this 3D modeling software that I use. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've been using it since 2001, but anyway, that was SolidWorks, which is what I use was one of the requirements for the job. So I called and, um, you know, and that was like, like I said before. That was at a time when you could get an actual person on the <laughs> yeah. phone.
0: That's what I was just getting ready to say. Try doing that now. Try calling Primos nowadays, or maybe not yes. you know, specifically, but any big company.
1: Well, just about any of any of those, you know, that are corporate structured, you it's gonna be hard for you. It's gonna be hard, mm-hmm. especially to get somebody, you know, that's not a customer service. Right. Right. You, know, you can get them if you hold long enough. Right.
0: Yeah. If you but, got half a day to wait for them
1: but you're not getting a human resources manager. And that's, I did. I talked to a lady named Suzanne Hardy, and she was like, hey, I'm, you know, I I feel this job come down already. I'm fixing to turn the resumes that I've got into Will. You know, Mm -hmm. um, he comes back from lunch in 30 minutes. And I said, okay. And she said, if you can get me something before I walk in his office, I'll be glad to put it in the stack. Mm Mm-hmm. So I literally, I'm not kidding you guys. I typed up a four paragraph letter in notepad. Um, it, you know, just my history, my, who I was, my family, and, you know, just a little bit about my education mm-hmm. and hunting and I sent it. And, you know, I thought, man, it's, you know, that one passed me by. Maybe you know. Maybe maybe I'll catch another break. Right, maybe next yeah. time. Yeah. Well, about a month later, um, my phone rings and I answer it. And I you know, it was a Mississippi number, so I thought, well, heck, that might be them. You know, so mm-hmm. I answer it. And, um, guy says, "Hey, he's just Rip Dickerson." I said, "Is he?" He said, "Hey, this is Jimmy Primos." And I said, "Yeah, right. Okay." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and and hung up i hung up on and, um, and that's, I, that's I, I did. that's the truth so i hung up yeah no, that's a
2: classic man
1: yeah and it because i thought it was one of my
2: buddies oh that's know, right, one absolutely one buddies. so why wouldn't it being be a smart ass <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you know, i understand
1: uh, as any good uh, friend would be yeah but then i realized my wife didn't even know i'd applied for that job
0: <laughs> right
1: i was like I didn't tell anybody. Oh, crap. So I (laughs) called the number back. He didn't answer. I called, you know, two or three times, and nobody answered. So the next day, I called, and I said, Suzanne, this is Rip Dickerson, I said, you let me turn in the late resume. And I said, Jimmy called and I accidentally hung up on him. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, man, I was scared to death because mm-hmm. I was like, golly, I hope I have, you know.
0: Hey, that's in the day, too, where it wasn't easy to accidentally hang up on somebody either.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah. and absolutely. So finally, he called me back like two days later.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was, man, I'm so, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, I just apologize. I were, so, anyway, uh, we talked, and he said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested. You know, we, we would like for you to to come down mm-hmm. and uh, interview in person. So I said, I can be there tomorrow, you know. And he's like, well, you know, that's not going to work. But anyway, <laughs> so the next week, me and my wife drove down. And um, it at that time, Primos was based in Flora, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. headquarters and they had a facility in brookhaven mississippi called the cnc facility okay so that cnc facility in brookhaven is in out in the out in the county and like Mm -hmm. there's nothing around you know there's it's pine trees and pastures right you know and chicken houses and that's that's about it Mm -hmm. and um, so, you know, we're following, you know, Mount Quest or I can't remember what it was we were using then, but it had the little dash mounted deal, you know. Oh, yeah. And, uh, we're following it, and so we, we turn on this driveway, and I was like, where's this thing taking us? And we pull up, and it's this, there's this metal building, and there's just, there's nothing special about it. It's just a me- big metal building. hmm and I, you know, I told her, I said, I think we're lost. I said, well, I don't know, you know, go ask them and see if we're at the right place or not, you know, before we drive off. And so I did. I walked in, and it was like walking into a different world. You know, I mean, there was, it was just immaculate, you know, just everything was first rate. And um, we, you know, and I interviewed, we went and ate lunch, come back, talked, you know, spent the whole day there. And at the end of the day, they offered me the job. And, uh, I, I took it on the spot mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm in, I right. <laughs> mean, <I'm in>. I'll, <laughs> I'll be here in two weeks. Yep. And, um, I just, I've been doing it ever since. I, I spent a couple years out of the industry, um, 2014, I think 15. Um, but for the most part, I've been doing it ever since, man, um,
0: What was kind of your uh, career path from Primo's?
1: Um, So I spent several years there and um, left and went to Pradco, who at at that time, um, Pradco owned, well, wait a minute, let me back up. I left there and I went to a place in Tishomingo, Mississippi, that um, builds dump trucks. Trailers and dump truck bodies and stuff, and mm-hmm. I, I went to work there designing and
3: developing
1: dump bodies.
0: Well, that's—I mean, that's close to—that's a grunt pretty call. good segue from a grunt call to <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Well,
1: I mean, it just you know, it it, it kind of ties right so, in with yes, this. Yeah, career. Sure. yep. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know what it what it was is it you know it it was a, a good offer financially and right. um you know it was it was back close to home and uh, mm-hmm. you know so i went but man you know i just i just missed it and uh and you know wanted to get back into the industry and um I me and my wife were going to, I think, to the grocery store one day and this this guy calls and said he's a um something a headhunter some type of a headhunter position for vista outdoors mm-hmm. and um
2: did you hang well, up on him, too? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't hang
1: up on him. Uh, I just joking. But anyway, yeah, anyway, I wound up back at Primo's. Okay. And um, I stayed there about six months. And um, this position at Pradco was, uh, you know, it had come open, and I talked to them about it. And so I, I took this position with Pradco and stayed there to – In 18, I think 2018, Mm -hmm. and um, I had wanted to, and I knew this about the Woodhaven. Um, and so, uh, kind of a little side story here I'm, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the corporate world, um, -hmm. I'm just you know, I'm I'm not that corporate structure stuff, and you know, and that that's kind of why uh, you know I left Primos was the, you know, some of the aspects of the corporate world is just not
0: just not made not for, for you, or you're not, yeah, made not for it. For me. Yeah, you're
1: right. I'm not made for it. Yep. I mean, it, it works for them. Um, you know, you can't you can't deny that. But no it's doubt, yeah. it's, just, it's not not for me, and
3: mm-hmm.
1: um. You know, and it was, you know, nothing personal or anything like that with anybody there. Um, Right. You know, no kind of deal like that. It's um, a great bunch of people. I still, I like when I see Jimmy, um, you know, a couple times a year at these shows and everything, I always talk to him and spend time with him. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I make it a point to tell him, you know, I I thank him for the opportunity because I wouldn't be, probably wouldn't be here today talking to you guys. Right if he hadn't he took a chance on me that I didn't deserve, right. you know, or wasn't qualified for. and
0: uh, Yeah. Especially after you hung up on him.
1: <laughs> yeah. After I hung up on him. Um, I, I talked to Troy Reese about once a week and, uh, Anthony Foster who run the Brookhaven facility. I, I still talk to him quite a bit, you know, mm-hmm. just great bunch of people. Um, you know, good, good, good people. It's just that corporate, thing. It was kind of the same deal with Pradco, you know,
3: mm-hmm. for
1: Pradco, it was a, it was a chance to go work with Nightingale and Hale and with Harold, you know, Harold and David. Right. And, um, you know, I, um, I think the world of Harold, I, I spend, uh, I spend a lot of time with Harold. Um, that's where I do the majority of my deer hunting is with Harold at Harold's house. Yeah. His place. He, probably literally, he probably doesn't at, have yeah, many big deer, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't have too many. Yeah. I didn't um, figure. <laughs> he doesn't have too many. Now. I'll tell you something. if they are big, he's gonna kill them.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, and I don't. I don't blame. No, him, but, I'd be the same
1: okay. way. <laughs> <laughs> So so you know, I, I when we're running cameras, I try to not if I see a good one I'd w I, I just pass right on by and don't mm-hmm. even show it to him anymore. Right, right, yeah. yeah I just, it didn't take maybe one time to learn that lesson. Yeah, just a two year old
0: know nothing to see here. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Keep moving. Harold it you're not gonna believe this, Harold. That camera didn't take a single picture.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, There's something wrong with it. There just ain't no deer out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. I just don't think there's nothing there. Let's try it again another week. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll yeah.
4: Give it another week. Yeah, yeah and I'll, and I'll
0: go sit out there and see.
4: That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, Harold, you stay away from my stand. <laughs> yeah.
1: the, the only bad part about it is, is, is he's so he's out and about every day doing something yeah. around there. Like he can't, he can't sit still. Right. So he sees them, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to. Hide <laughs> he them. knows what's there. Yeah. Right. But so that I knew there might be an opportunity for me at Woodhaven. Mm-hmm. And I had a no compete with Pradco. So for a one year, no compete. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to honor that, you know, and respect that. Cause they were, they were good to me. Pradco was good to me. And I just don't really have no complaints. I just, like I said, I'm that mom and pop type person, you right. know, the, you know, the, you know, the night and hail days when Harold and David owned it, the, you know, the primos days when Will owned it, you right. know, stuff like that. That's who I'm, where I'm best at. Yep. And um, so I went to Faraday I had a, I had a friend that worked at Faraday and knew they were looking for a project manager. So, so I went to work for Faraday for a year Mm-hmm and um got a chance to work you know on the archery side of things which i you know i love archery and um nothing against gun hunting i just you know i I respect people that kill them with guns Mm -hmm. you know just as much as anything else i just i happen i just i just love shooting a bow
0: yep i'm the same way
1: and so after a year you know then after that year I, i went to went to work for woodhaven and um been there ever since been there almost five years now I guess yeah four or five um, so
0: but, throughout all this time and, and working with all these people what is your what's your main focus um, as a product I, designer
1: um, I honestly I don't have a main focus so you're just um, kind
0: of the everything guy
1: yes yeah we, you know we literally did a little bit of everything at Primos at, you know at Pradco I worked with Summit. Code Blue, um, Moultrie. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. did some design work on some cameras and feeders.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, same thing at Faradayne Um, you know, working on releases, broadheads. Um, I got to be a, a part of the axe cross, crossbow while I was there, and that mm-hmm. was, and that was great. I mean, just to see that thing come together um, right. was was a lot of fun. You know, it was interesting because they, you know, was working with stuff that I'd never, never seen before mm-hmm. and uh, never been part of. And, um, you know, that whole group that, that put that thing together, there's, there's some really sharp guys in there. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff they did with that thing is, a, is, it's amazing.
0: Yeah. For, for those of you listening that don't know, Faradine, uh if you have something uh, hunting, archery-related, there's a good chance Faradine made it. At least half the stuff out there seems like they, mm-hmm. they're yes. they the parent company of, you know. Right. Um, so when you're talking about, like, having stuff to do with these feeders and the cameras and the releases, what kind of, like, what's kind of the nitty-gritty of it? What, what kind of stuff are you doing?
1: Um, I take it from an idea mm-hmm. and create, you know, create a finished product. You know, basically from start to the shelf, you know, from a a notepad or a napkin or in your mind Mm -hmm. to your own shelf for sale. Yeah. Um, I I source, you know, manufacturing, um, packaging, you know, the whole, the works.
0: mm -hmm. That's the kind of thing you got to take pride in doing, sounds like, uh, if you're going to do a good job at it.
1: Yeah, I do. And I'll tell you, man, I've been fortunate to be a part of some really good teams
3: mm-hmm.
1: of of people. Um you know it's it's made me better and it's helped me grow and it's helped me learn and understand and um you know it's 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 created some really good really good products. Mm-hmm. Um you know I, I was a part of the original trigger stick
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and the Gen three trigger stick. Yeah. Um, you know, and that, to see what the trigger stick did and, you know, in the hunting industry and, and to see, to see the concept that the guy that, you know, the, the guy that originally come up with it, to see, you know, the concept he built in his carport Mm -hmm. and then the finished product, you know, that was really the first time that I had been a part of that, that process. Right. And it, it's amazing, you know this this const this thing he had that he showed Wheel was like, you know, about ninety five pounds, <laughs> you know, and right. there's no way there's no way you're toting that thing anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I'm joking. It wasn't that heavy, but it was bulky <laughs> and it was light enough
0: that you didn't want to carry it around.
1: Right. Yeah. And you know, and Wheel had the, the the sight vision, whatever you want to call it, to right. see the potential and then they were right that thing you know there may not be another accessory to ever outsell the trigger stick no kidding or outlive it um that thing i mean they're everywhere yeah
3: Mm
0: -hmm. no -hmm. doubt Mm -hmm. you know you see them all over the place
1: right so you know you had that um you know at pradco i got to be a part of the moultrie cameras and, and do some design work on some cameras and that was that was good, um, working with Darren Durham and Brian Malone and mm-hmm. and those guys and you know, and just getting, you know getting a feel and an idea of what goes into actual putting a camera on the shelf to sale. Right. Um, you know, and then of course, like I said, at Faradine, um, it was mainly broadheads and releases and sites. Mm-hmm. But they were, um, when I started, they were, I don't know, about a year into the axe crossbow mm-hmm. and, um, and they finished it after I left and, and I, I, I got a couple of them and man, that thing. Hey, have you guys ever shot one?
4: I've not. Mm-hmm. I've seen them. I've not shot one. Mm-hmm. No, I have, well, I have not. I, listen, I will tell you, I. You can ask
1: anybody that knows me, anybody that's hunting with me. I have always said the day I have to shoot a crossbow is the day I quit, you know, quit hunting. Right. I'll hang it up. Right. And, um, but that's not the case anymore.
0: (laughs) Changed your mind, huh?
1: Yeah. And it's, um, like you literally, you can't, you can't shoot a, a dot, the same dot at 80 yards for this thing. No kidding. Yeah, and it it's so quiet. <laughs> it is so quiet.
0: That's a. It's uh, amazing what they're doing now, and what, what guys like you are doing, and teams of that yeah. like that are doing with the technology and the equipment. How far it's come yeah. from thinking about when you started, even in the early two thousands.
1: Man, it's unreal. How it is? It's unreal. How so,
0: big of a jump there's been is just yeah, unreal.
1: Yeah, and I so in two thousand. Oh, I was trying to remember. Good grief. I, so anyway, I had, an, I, I nearly cut my arm, my right arm off. And uh, I had an accident at work, got into a saw.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And this was before I went to Primos. And um, I had several surgeries. And like, I, you know, if, if I didn't tell you, you probably wouldn't notice it, you know. But mm-hmm. I like, I don't. So I, I cut my arm about halfway between my elbow and my wrist, mm. maybe a little closer to my wrist, but I don't have any feeling in my hand. And so I I had a couple years worth of surgeries. And so I was and I was supposed to go to Colorado Elk Hunt that fall that I cut my arm. Of course. And I was trying to, you know, trying to figure out how to make it work, right? Right. And so I I went and bought a crossbow at Dick's Sporting Goods. And Mm -hmm. that's back when you had to cock them with the rope, you know, that you put around your neck. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) Yeah. And I couldn't do that. man and I was so so mad. God, I was so mad. And um, somebody told me about the draw lock. So I wound up putting a draw lock on my bow. But shooting that crossbow back then, I was like, man, there's no way. You know, this thing, it it sounds like a log truck,
3: you know. Right. <laughs> and yeah. It's
1: so heavy and so cumbersome, and it's, you know, it's held a cock it. and then, you know, I don't care how fast it is, a deer's going to know it's been shot. Right. Yeah, right. To <laughs> now well, to the this time, act. The second Either time that. He's deaf. Yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> that
0: or he thinks there's a tree fall one or the other.
1: Yeah, something's gone horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I remember those days.
1: I, I took that axe this year and shot a deer. Shot a shot a pretty good buck
3: mm-hmm.
1: at sixty yards. Got a got a full pass through on him, and he never knew I'd shot him.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it it was through him before he ever knew what happened. Yeah, it's and you know got it on video, and it was just it was it, I was like, this is this is insane.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing. What how far the technology's come? I mean. You talk about not being able to do that, you know, with one hand or whatever. They got bows now; you can shoot with no hands. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure there's a guy that comes around the shop here that shoots a crossbow with no hands. Yes, he does.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the the technology is just just leaps and bounds. But you know, yeah. that was you know, that, so those guys, um, you know, John John Severson, he you know he was there then, and Ryan Chalupski and uh, Matt Haas. Um, you know, they just—they're they're, sharp guys, and
3: you mm-hmm. know,
1: the things they were doing with broadheads and stuff—it's—it's it's the reason that they were, you know, leading the industry. Um, right. It was uh, so I, I learned a lot there, and and um, I've always kind of prided myself in quality, you know, um, you know, because mm-hmm. being in the industry, you know, your buddies, you know, is always you've got buddies. That, you know want to know what's going on and you know that of course they all want a discount so. <laughs> of course
3: yeah yep. <laughs>
1: you know so you want to have you know you want to feel good about the stuff you're doing and everything and yep and i thought you know i thought hey i've done you know this this project right here this is pretty good it's solid man i i didn't have a clue <laughs> what quality was right Till I got to Woodhaven and see what they, you know, see what they do on a daily basis is, mm-hmm. man, it, it's borderline um, losing money.
0: Yeah, just because the know? the effort they're putting into the quality of the stuff they're making. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, you know, I if I find find a Woodhaven call that doesn't sound good out of the package.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, now I'm not saying you can't take it out of the package and drag it behind the truck for, you know, (laughs) a half a mile and throw it in the creek and it's, you know, it's going to sound bad, but you take one out of the package and tell me that it looks or sounds bad. Mm It just, it just don't happen. Mm -hmm. I guess
0: Um, in today's, well, where the industry is today, that's kind of what you have to do to set yourself apart, I guess. I mean, some people probably do it with price point, but I think quality especially knowing guys that hunt and are serious about it, they want quality stuff. I think that would be a big thing to set you apart is putting that effort into the quality.
1: Right. So, so like this year at the NWTF in Nashville, you know, there was, I saw, uh, you know, I always make it a point to spend, you know, some time walking around just looking and mm-hmm. I, you know, I go by pretty much every booth in there and, and, uh, you know, there was one booth that had mouth calls for $2 a piece Mm-hmm. And and they were selling like crazy.
0: Because <laughs> they were you know? two I bucks. Mean,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, those guys over, you know, with $100 bills, you know, getting, you know, buying them up, you know. And I don't think they realized what they were buying. Right, You know, they're, I mean, wrinkles in it, you know, mm-hmm. they could cover my bed. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know.
3: Yep.
1: Tape, and- you know, just, just cheap tape, you know, like duct tape. Yeah. and stuff and, you know we just it's it, it's it's really something to see um, to go down there you know to, Woodhaven's in Heflin, Alabama of course I, I work I work from home a lot and
3: mm-hmm. I've got
1: everything up here at the house I live in North Alabama and so, but I go down a good bit but just just to go down there and, and spend a little time and tour the place and and watch them you know it's it, it it's amazing, um, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I look at some of it and I think, man, we we um we've got a guy Terry Sullivan that teams our box calls, and he's been doing it forever. He and Mike Pentecost, you know, Mike Mike owns Woodhaven, and mm-hmm. they've been friends and hunting buddies for forever, just about since Mike opened the door. Well, when Terry retired from the coal mines he started working for Woodhaven tuning box calls mm-hmm. and he's got a really good ear, musical ear, like his, all his, he's got daughters and they of course they're all grown and married, but they're all just gifted singers and mm-hmm. musicians and, and, you know, and he can play the devil out of a guitar. So yeah. he's got a really good ear and man, he'll, he'll pick a box up and, and, and start working on it. And he may spend off and on like like that box may sit at his table for two weeks, you know. Like he he'll work on it, just, and then yeah. you know he he'll, he'll say he'll, he'll he'll say, well, I'm gonna go on to something else, and he'll set it to the side, right. And then tomorrow he might pick it up again, you know, mm-hmm. and and he may do that a dozen times over two weeks or six months, you know, right. just to but get it, it right. But the point is, it will not, it won't go any farther down the line until gets the sound that he wants, right. and it's that Woodhaven Yelp on a boxcar,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and um, it's distinct, and it works, and, um, yeah. you know, then we've got, we got people in there, we've got um, Jimmy, um, Mr., uh, Jimmy runs our wood shop, and then Scott Tears, he runs the shop, you know, the whole shop, and mm-hmm. We got a guy, Kyle Yancey. He's kind of the, I guess you call him operations manager of the of it all. Right. And, um, but you know they're all involved. They're all, you know, if there's a question, you know, with a call, you know, they're all looking at it.
3: Uh-huh.
1: We've got some ladies there that get package calls, and and they'll put them under a light before they put them in the package. You know and uh just mm-hmm. make sure there's no scratches or runs and right you know I, there's
2: things other you things. can't get from the corporate world mm-hmm.
1: yeah and there's other things that, that yeah. we're doing that yeah. you know i can't i can't talk about as far as
0: right yeah
1: you know but it's just another measure of quality that
3: mm-hmm.
1: i've never seen before and it's the reason that woodhaven you know and 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 it's personal down there to to everybody, you know, and, and that's worth a lot. You know, when everybody's, you know, everybody's trying to put the best call in the package that they can, that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And that quality is how you keep people coming back too. You talked about those guys with the, the $2 calls, they may have made a handful of money that day, but they probably didn't sell too many to return customers after
1: that. Yes. And. And, you know, that's that's one of the issues that we, we've got in the hunting industry is, you know, you've really, at the end of the day, you've got two types of businesses. You've got quality and then you've got marketing. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to, you know, they're going to spend all their development dollars and everything on marketing. Yep. They don't care what it sounds like. Right. They don't care, you know, if it functions, if it, you know, what it does. How it long it lasts, car, right. Yeah, you know, or if it'll take a picture, they, they're they just going to market it mm-hmm. to death and make you think it's the greatest thing.
0: Pay someone on TV to tell you it is.
1: Yes, yep. and, and then, you know, and then they're going to move on to something else because once they've got your money, they're not going to give it back. Right, yeah, yep. And, um, you know, and and so and that, to me, I just, I can't do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: and, you know, and, and they, they didn't, you know, none of the places I've worked have, have really done that. Now, you know, that of course, once corporate, once corporations start getting involved and these bigger parent companies start getting involved, you know, there's aspects of margins and stuff that you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta get in. And there's, you know, yeah, there's projects that we weren't able to do because they didn't feel like there was enough of a margin in it when it would, you know, the rest of us felt like it would have been a great project, you know, that it right. would have helped hunters, you know, but there just wasn't enough money in it. Mm-hmm. So we didn't do it, you know, and that's, you know, stuff like that's, I'm not really, you know, I'm not really about that right. for that, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Once you do the corporate thing too, you lose a lot of say over what you do and what yes. you, what you can't do. And you yes. know, those projects you're talking about, maybe they're not going to be the most profitable for that specific project but maybe that's what brings dollars in down the road to your other products or your products that are making you that you do have better margins on.
1: You preach into the choir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Sounds like it. Sounds like we're uh,
1: preaching to the choir. Man. Sounds like
0: we're a lot alike. And we actually, you know, the companies we work with or the guys that we work with, that's kind of in my mind too is I don't want to be somebody that just pushes something to people because they're you know giving us money for it i want to actually try it and make sure i like it and use it and then if we do okay now what can we do to have you know partner with those people but if it's something that we're not going to use or don't necessarily like or don't think it's worth somebody's hard-earned money we're not going to push it you know
1: right so and and i don't know if this is okay if it's not you can cut it out or tell me but i was going to it'll be okay i promise (laughs) if we don't cut shit around here man it'll be (laughs) okay
3: (laughs)
2: perfect
1: perfect (laughs) so one of the one of the guys i worked with at at primos a guy named scott lee Mm -hmm. um you know he left primos and he started hawk tree stands Mm -hmm. and they grew that of course gsm bought them out Mm -hmm. um you know i am a fan of gsm now i do you know those guys I i got a lot of friends over there and Um, they, they do a lot of good things, Mm -hmm. but, um, anyway, Scott has just started this, just started this week on social media, teasing it. He's starting a new company, um, in the saddle hunting world. And I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen some of the, some of the stuff that he's going to have out, you know, year one and, um, it's called against, you know, it's, it's hunt arsenal and, if you guys remember anything about Hawk, you know, they were all about accessories and they had all these neat gadgets for stand hunting and stuff. Yep. And uh, I can guarantee you some of that's going to carry over um, into the saddle hunting stuff Mm -hmm. and and he's going to be really innovative and um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he, you know, where he goes with it and what he comes out with and you know, mm-hmm. some of the stuff to grow the saddle hunting world, um, because despite what Alex said about me being old and stuff, um, <laughs> I, I love the saddle hunt.
0: Yeah. That, and it's uh, a big thing now. I mean, that's, it's becoming really popular.
1: So, you know, you tell, tell me, do you, do you guys saddle hunt?
0: I have not yet. I've okay. never done it.
1: Okay. Well, don't start. It's like turkey hunting, man. Don't start. <laughs> you can't stop once you start. <laughs> yeah. I just, I like it because, you know, a, a lot of what you see is everybody advertising talking about pushing it because it's lightweight,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, lightweight, easy and all this. And, and it is, you know, I mean, you, you're going in really light. Right. But the thing for me is, is and it's one of the things that we worked on when I was at Pradco with Summit is blending in more. Because, you know, in, like in a lock-on or a climber or a ladder stand. Mm-hmm. You know, you're looking at hard, straight lines. Right. And, you know, so you, you stick out, you know, I mean, we, you know, we've all, you know, you've been sitting in a stand and a doe come around the corner and she <laughs> yeah. see you,
3: you know, first yep. thing. Yeah.
1: Why is it? Is it the wind or is it, you know, what is, is it her eyesight? Is mm-hmm. it her nose or her eyes? Right. You know?
0: Something's just um, off. Something ain't right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's something, something doesn't look natural up there. Mm-hmm but in that saddle, you know, there's not really any hard lines and, you know, your legs and stuff, you're coming off that tree at an angle. So you kind of look natural up there. Right. And, you know, and that that's the thing that, that really drove me on it was, um, you know, I just, I, I got more deer closer, you know, I had more deer around me that was, you know, they weren't as alert and, you know, on edge. It seemed like they were a little mm-hmm. more comfortable. Right. You know, I guess it's fair to say they're a little more comfortable.
4: How high are you um, hunting? How high are you hunting in that saddle? <laughs>
1: uh, whatever it takes. Okay. <laughs> um, and anywhere. And, and and so, and to be fair about that, um, when I first got out of high school, I climbed trees for a living. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I trim trees. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. It, so you're high, you're I, at
4: home th- in that thing then. Yes. Okay.
1: Yeah. 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 It was, it was kind of a natural feel for me, you know. It, it was familiar, but right. um, you know, I still, uh, you know, and and that's a big thing to me is is safety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, seeing the things that I did working with Summit, you know, some of the pictures and some of the injuries and deaths and stuff, um, man. You're an idiot if you get over. You get up in a tree without a safety no of doubt. some kind. No doubt. You're an idiot, and 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 I know this is cold to say this, but if if you go up that tree and you fall, and it ends you, that's nature. You you found what you were looking <laughs> for. <laughs> that's exactly right. A little bit of that you natural know, selection. There's, <laughs> yeah, there's no excuse for it. I mean, you don't don't tell me it's bulky or it's high. That, that yeah, that's complete BS. They're so accessible
0: and, now and so easy to use that they're. I mean, I don't even know mine's on most of the time.
1: Right, and you know, and I've I've got friends that will steal you know, that I don't want to mess with that thing, you know. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, I tell you what, when my ass gets to that truck, if you ain't there in a reasonable amount of time, I'm going home. I'm, I'm <laughs> not gonna come find you. right. Not gonna you know, wait on supper. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna come find you dead, you know, right. or sticking out Mm -hmm. that's not not fair to me right and it's not fair to your family you know Mm -hmm. so just because you didn't want to mess with the harness right so i i you know i'm i'm careful um you know i I don't hang a stand without a lifeline Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know and and when i go up in that saddle you know i'm i'm going up i'm safety you know and i'm never going to be in a big enough hurry that i'm just throwing sticks and running up a tree right um I'm just, you know, I'm just not going to do that. But, right. you know, once, once you get up there and, and you get that thing, you get locked in and you sit back and you get comfortable, you're, you're there, right. you know, it, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, if, if it if it is a, a thing, you know, where there's some fear to it, you know, they sell extra safety ropes every day, take you an extra safety rope, and put around the tree. Mm-hmm you know and yeah. and hook off on that too you know now and now you, you're you tied in twice you can you know you can still move you're not gonna move as freely as you are with just the tether but mm-hmm. you know well, you, I, can, you can still move
0: well i can tell you this i at some point i'm gonna try one because i've yet to hear anybody who's used one say a bad thing about it
1: yeah so
0: i mean i've talked to well, well, shoot! We've had several guys on the podcast that use them, mm-hmm. and none of them—I mean, all of them—are echoing the same kind of things you're talking about with the, this the different kind of look up in the tree to the deer and the use of it, the easy use and the comfortableness of it. And it's at some point I'm going to have to try one, right? You know.
1: Yeah, and you'll be you'll be surprised at how how much. Easier you can move around the tree, Mm -hmm. you know. I should say how much easier you can get a shot off. Right. Yep. um You know, I I practice a little bit because you know, you know, you can you can get yourself into some awkward angles and spots, (laughs) you know, naturally. Yep. You know, anytime you're wearing a safety, you're tied to a tree in any way, that can happen. But Mm -hmm. you know, you can you can get all the way around that tree and get a shot off. You know, so. You know, that aspect of you, you can't always do that in a, a lock on or right. a climber, you know, or a ladder.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, I can think of one specific time last year that I would have been probably better. I would definitely would have had a better angle looking at the tree than being in my hang on because I had to turn all the way around and face the tree. And then, of course, I got my shoulder strap going over my shoulder and I'm leaning down just right. real awkward. That would have been easier in a saddle, no doubt, and would have so been you an easier shot.
3: You like
1: lock ons? I mean, and I do too. That's that's primarily what I hunted out of.
0: That's what I use. Um, I think I've got a ladder stand, but most of the time, or most of the other ones, if not all the other ones, uh, I've got one blind, one ladder stand. The rest of them are hang ons, because I think so, they are about as low profile as you can get with a stand, and they're they are fairly easy to move around, you know, stuff like that.
1: Well, I, I so I was gonna ask you guys, what is the wildest setup on a lock on you've ever seen or hunted out of? What's, what's, <laughs> let's just do that. Let's just say, what's the wildest setup on a lock on that you've ever hunted out of? Well, so,
4: mine. Okay, mine. Uh, I had a uh, I had one in a ash tree, uh, and most ash trees, at least around here, don't split. Uh, but, but this thing was a seven trunk ash tree up there where I was at about 20 foot up um, yeah. and in, in the wind, uh, believe it or not, all seven of them trunks wanted to go different directions, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. I never, uh. never, ever got seen out of that set. I loved that set. Uh it was also real hard to shoot out of that set. Figure <laughs> that one out, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you, trying you to get,
1: trying to find a hole to shoot through. Yeah, you
4: got six other things in your way, you know, <laughs> besides right. the, besides the one you're hanging on. Uh, but right. it it is a great spot. I really did like it. Uh missed a good buck out of there uh believe it or not i didn't tell very many people about that one i don't believe we won't tell anybody yeah Yeah. (laughs) he he was wound pretty tight and i shot right over his back um but uh but he lived another year Mm -hmm. anyway uh yeah that was that was the craziest lock on set i've ever had uh really did like it though uh went went to check it one uh late summer early fall and, uh, all them trunks apparently had got to going around, uh, in circles in a, uh, in a storm or something. And it had just smashed and mangled that stand up there. And I thought I ain't even going to get up there and try to get out of there. So it's still there today. <laughs> yeah. Just let
1: it go. Yep. You, and I, we got stands like that. Well, I say we, Harold's got stands like that where they've been up there for 30, 35, mm-hmm. 40 years, you know, and, the tree is just, you know, all you can see is basically one, two, where the tree's grown. <laughs> yep, yep. But what about you? What about y'all? I mean, uh, so because I, 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 I've got a story I'm going to tell that right. I, I I guarantee you I'm on top. <laughs> all right.
0: So I got one. I was, it wasn't me in the stand, but I had hunted out of this stand with the guy. Uh, it was a double set because, like for filming and whatever, you take your buddy and sit right. and walk on. So I had hunted in this stand, uh, maybe a year prior to this happening, but a couple of buddies of mine went after that, the guy I was hunting with, and he took another buddy of his. And they got up there in the stand. Well, the guy that owned the stands reached down, and mind you, the other guy had fell out of a tree stand before. Oh, no. <laughs> he reached Well, off a ladder, I should say, going up. But uh, he reached down and grabbed the strap and the buckle from the stand that that kid was sitting in, that guy was sitting in, and he showed it to the guy. <laughs> he took it off of his stand and showed it to him, and he, believe it or not, he didn't like that too much. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah I'm not blame you. That what thing be had, had been there so long, it was just going into the tree so much, the strap had ended up breaking, and he pulled that uh, buckle off there and showed it, hung it out in front of him and showed it to him while oh he sitting in
3: God. the stand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm
0: glad that wasn't me because one of us would have hit the ground,
1: <laughs> maybe both <Yeah>. of us. <laughs> well, we'd have got on the ground, and we'd have <laughs> yeah. rolled on the ground. Yeah. I'd have killed you. <laughs> yep. Oh, that is something. Yep. Well... So I, I told you I was going to top y'all mm-hmm. and I don't even have to hear the third story. <laughs> I believe you. I, I, I can't believe top you. that one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a good friend of mine, Sean, Wright, He, uh, he, he pro staffs for us and he, he used to pro staff for night and hail, but he, he's a Woodhaven now. Um, I go up to his place to hunt and he's like, I told him, I said, well, you know, tell me what I need to bring. And he said, man, just bring your bow. And I said, well, you know, lock on saddle climbers. What do you, you, know, what can I bring? He said, man, I got stands right where you need them. I was like, okay. So I get up there that afternoon and, you know, I'm on a hunt that afternoon.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, I, I take a shower, a quick shower and get ready. And he takes me down to in the river bottom there to sh- take me to the stand. And he said, man, you'll like this stand. He said, it's in a little opening and in a thicket. And he said, man, they're just, trails going everywhere through, coming through that little opening, man. And he said, it's a lock on. He said, no, it's kind of up there. And I said, OK, well, that's fine. You know, I don't I don't care. He says, probably, you know, you're probably going to be standing about 20, you know, 25 foot or so. And I was like, OK, well, that, that don't bother me, mm-hmm. you know. And so we're walking through the woods and we go across this ditch and come up. And I see this come kind of through the trees. I see this wooden ladder. And and I I don't know about Illinois, but in Alabama, I haven't seen a wooden ladder since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, now I'm not talking about a two before force. So I'm talking about an actual a wooden, wooden ladder. Roof. Well, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. You know, like you would buy, you know, back in yep. the old days. You yep. know, now they're fiberglass, right?
3: <laughs> yeah. Or aluminum.
1: Yep. Right. Well, so this is wooden ladder, and I was like, I said, "Dude, there's a there's a wooden ladder out here," and he said, "He said, yeah, that's a stand." <laughs> and I. Was, Mm.
3: <laughs>
1: so, so we, we get up there and, um, of course, you know, there's no lifeline or nothing.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, from the top of the ladder to the, the foot part of the, the lock on is about 10 feet.
4: Oh man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and I'll, I'm looking, you know, in my eyesight's not the best in the world, but I, I'm looking <laughs> and I said, is there screw-in steps? And he said, "Yeah, yeah, there's two of them." <laughs> I, I said, to cover ten foot." He, said, yeah. he must be and tall. I, I said, no, no, he's he's my high. like he's you know I'm I'm five five eleven at best, <laughs> you know. And so I was like, "Golly!" And I'm thinking in my mind, he knows how I feel about screw-ins. I, I hate them,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because I've seen pictures, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And, I'm not going to use a screw-in step to step on, but uh, you know we're there. And I thought, okay, whatever. Um, You know, all right. So I go up this tree. I get up top of the ladder and hook my safety and the strap that's holding the ladder to the tree is not even hooked you know and then you know i'm like well that first step is about chest high so you know i've my safety up throw it up over the 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 step above it you know and mm-hmm. i'm like well i'll just walk up you know like i like we used to do climbing trees right i finally make it into that stand and he's he's standing down there and he's like, See man, it ain't bad. <laughs> and I said, Dude, your ass is fire. <laughs> it ain't good. <laughs> yeah. I said, You you're done. And he said, What? And I said, You will not hang another stamp. <laughs> <laughs> so that evening, of course, and I saw deer, but just didn't see the, the, the one we were after.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And um that evening, when it got too dark to shoot. I started, I, I got on the step and I popped the straps on that lock-on and put it on the ground
3: <laughs>
1: and made my way down to that ladder. Well, I left them, I left them steps, them screwing steps. Mm-hmm. I left them. But I brought the strap for the ladder down with me and I laid the ladder on the ground. <laughs> and he come up and he's like, dude, you serious? And I said, you dang right. You, you done. <laughs> So he, he tells me. And and this is I'm not kidding you folks. He, he tells me he says, "Hey, tomorrow I'm going to take you to this other spot." He said, "There's you know that that deer's back in there," and um, he said he's patterning pretty good. He said, "I'm going to take you to this other spot." He said it's a brand new stand, and I was like, "Okay, that's fine." I said, "But this this is not happening anymore. <laughs> I'll I'll hang the stands. You just do the groundwork. I'll hang the stands." Mm-hmm. And um, so. You know, because I, I don't bounce. I'm I'm at an age now where if I hit the ground. <laughs> I'm not bouncing. You right. know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of just spread out, and that'll be <laughs> yeah. and, um, so the next day, I didn't hunt that next morning, but that afternoon we go over there, and dude, I, same deal. That we we go we walk up this creek bed and go up this bluff and get on top of this bluff, and there's a wood ladder. <laughs> and it's it's in a tree that forks at the base. <laughs> you know, it's split at the base. Right. So the ladder is on one tree. Well, you get to the top Ooh. of the ladder, and Ooh. there's two sticks on the other side going up <laughs> to the lockout.
0: Well, why would we put them on the same
4: side now? No yeah. You know. well, that would uh, make and, too and much sense.
1: He's trying to spread the, the, the really, weight
4: load out there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I guess so. Um, but here's the really great part. The sticks were those, uh the old API sticks mm-hmm. that, you know, they kind of had a little
2: angle on them yeah, so yeah. that your foot wouldn't slide off. Yes, supposedly, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, well, he had them upside down. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so your foot would
0: slide off.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, your foot's going to slide off. And so, so you fired I, him twice, I,
0: right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I fired him twice. but uh, <laughs> So I, I get up there and get into the lock-on, and, of course, there's about a six-inch limb angling across the lock on <laughs> so you know you've got your own little elbow rest there <laughs> yeah, and, why uh, wouldn't there be yeah and it's just high enough on you know the seat there's just enough space that you can slide under it <laughs> and have just enough sound that they can hear you if you move <laughs> yeah, right <laughs> so I, I told him yeah hey that was your last chance <laughs> I'm on Trump this one you're you're fired yeah <laughs> you're gone
0: um one one wooden two ladder too many. Maybe two wooden ladders too many.
1: Yeah, two wooden ladders too many. Wow. So I, I give Sean a hard time about that. But That's awesome. We we have a lot of fun. That's a man. great story. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you can top if you can top that out of a lock on, you doing something.
0: I got nothing for no, that one.
1: No, I got nothing. Ain't no way. <laughs>
3: so,
0: I do I do have a couple of questions for you though before, go before we get you out of here. Uh yes. I forgot to ask earlier, do you remember what your first bow was? What brand it was?
1: It's a High Country.
0: You had a High Country. All right. That's,
2: well, yeah, I had a, I had a shop. We have sold you, high have you ever heard a of shop. a High Country? Oh, oh yeah. No, I used I, to shoot one. I had a bow shop. Okay. I actually had two bow shops back in the late 80s and all the way through almost 2000, and we sold High Countries up here. Yeah,
1: it was about a 65-inch High Country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it
2: weighed about 45 pounds. It sounded like a cannon. Yeah.
1: Sounded like a cannon. Yep. Shot shot arrows that were about I don't know about two inch diameter. Oh yeah,
2: yep. About three pounds and, a piece.
1: Yes, and <laughs> like I got twenty
2: two sixteens or something like that. Or.
1: Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I I, yep. couldn't, I couldn't tell you how many times I emptied that quickie that quickie quiver. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And never touched a deer. And you're going <laughs>
2: you're going way back now. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was trust me. Yeah. Hunting out of a gum, old man, a steel old man. Do
2: you remember what the name of the high country was that you shot?
1: I don't. It was solid black. Um,
2: Was it a recurve limb or was it straight limb? It's straight limb. Straight limb. So it was before the split limbs? Yeah, yeah. No, it was not. They made some some recurve limb bows. Um, Man, you talk about heavy. They were like. Seventy some inches long, and they they literally weighed pounds. Had a couple guys, old old school guys that really liked them, but my God, you couldn't hold them up for very long at all.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean it. Was, <laughs> it, I look at it now and I think, how the hell did we ever kill a deer
2: <laughs> yeah, with that? Right. <laughs> you know
1: yeah, how yeah. how in the shooting about thirty five foot on a
2: good day right. with no wind. Yeah, yeah. Back, yeah. Th- back then two hundred was achievable sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm. And thank God it was downhill. You <laughs> yeah, know? Right no doubt. Otherwise, the arrow would have never made it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The first, the first adult bow I had was a me down split limb high country that I used okay. with some wasp broadheads and the same twenty two fifteen or 16 Yeah, like twenty two fifteen Eastons.
2: aluminum arrows and one hundred and thirty grain wasp. Mm-hmm. And, and you're yeah. If you hit it, you're. You no could doubt pass through an oak through tree with the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You had the kinetic right. energy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, but the great thing about it back then was, is if you missed, it wasn't hard to find your arrow. No, <laughs> no. Right. I mean, like, you know, 10, 15 yards, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah. see that arrow, you
2: yeah. know. You may, have to unscrew arrow. you may have to unscrew the arrow while the broadhead struck in the tree, but you, you <laughs> yes. got an
3: arrow back. Yes. Uh,
2: absolutely.
1: No doubt. Many times.
2: No doubt. The other question
0: I had for you, just last one, um, What's a favorite hunt you've been on, whether it be like an elk hunt or something, or maybe it's a whitetail hunt where you killed one, or maybe you didn't even kill anything. What's your, just a favorite hunt, or maybe you got a couple that come to mind.
1: I do. Um, and, and so when I was, I was listening to you and Lundy talk, Mm -hmm. um, you and Sean talk, and that kind of got me to, to thinking back, um, because I I agree with a lot of what he said. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm, for me, I'm a, I'm a big guy. Let's just hunt, man.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you know, and you know, to each his own, um, you know, if, if you get to hunt every day of the season and, and you kill a 200 inch deer, I'm going to be tickled to death for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Or, you know, if you're working 12 hour shifts, six days a week and you get to hunt twice Season, and you kill a spike, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be tickled to death for you. Yep. You know, if you've got a half an acre or no land or a thousand acres, you know, Mm -hmm. you make it what you want to make it, right? You know, I mean, it's it's your hunt. You you know, you do it your way, and don't man, don't apologize for it. You don't owe nobody
3: nothing. Yep.
1: You know, if if you want to shoot that that young buck, and and it's legal, you know, if you're doing it by the law. And do it, mm-hmm. and and do 100%. not apologize for 100%. it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I can remember when you know, like when I was a kid, and you know, one of my dad, my dad, or one of their friends would shoot a a spot, and and then they'd have that thing strapped across the hood, not the bed <laughs> of the truck, strapped across the hood. <laughs> yeah, yep. So yep. everybody could see it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, tickled to death. Yep. And we we take that for granted, you know. And I no mean. Doubt. And, and, and it's okay. It's human nature. You know, I mean, you know, like, like, you guys are blessed with deer. Absolutely. So yeah. So it's nothing for you to see deer, you know, yep. but back then, you know, it was rare to see deer down here mm-hmm. and we didn't really have any deer until they took them from you and brought them down. <laughs> right. You're welcome. <laughs> but, um, you know, yeah, thank you. Um, uh, but you know, back to the point is, you know, just hunt, you know, figure out what works for you, um. If it's the most expensive bow or gun that they make, and that works for you, and you got confidence in it, do it. Mm-hmm. If it's the cheapest thing, if it's something that you've pieced together, you know, whatever oh. it is, you know, figure out what works for you, mm-hmm. and and just hunt. And and you know, let's be happy for you. You yep. know, let's don't kick you because you ain't got top shelf gear, you know, mm-hmm. or didn't kill, you know, a hundred whatever inch deer, you know. Yep. 150, 60, 70 inch deer, you know. Yep. Um so to answer that question and the I'm sitting here looking
2: at them,
1: the <laughs> the probably and 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 the deer that I've killed every one of them has a story.
2: Oh yeah. You know, Absolutely. and and
1: and and I remember the story more than I remember the size of the digger. Yep. But they, they, every one of them, there's there's a story with it. But I've got one that we we call it, me and my cousin call it the 120 pounds of rut and buck. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so we were hunting some some management area lands, public land here uh, in Waterloo, Alabama.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And me and my two cousins their brothers were going to go on this gun hunt and it was december and it had you know it snowed here a, a good bit you know i mean it it only takes a dusting here to shut the whole state down. oh
0: yeah. absolutely people lose <laughs> right, their mind right. forget how it is yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah you know there's no milk and bread and, and cars <laughs> for are in miles yeah yeah and there's you know cars in the ditches everywhere mm-hmm. and you know for dusting but this was a legitimate snow it, it was snow and ice and it was a full it was also a full moon so you know at 4 30 in the morning it's it's like daylight
3: yep. right yep
1: and um so my my older the older cousin chuck he's got an old bronco and that's what we drove um just because the roads were ice right. and we make it down there and get our permit and we go to the backside of, of one of the parts of it that, that we like to hunt and um, get out there. They, I got dropped off first and then ran my cousin Randy. And then of course I, and to be honest, I don't know if Chuck ever got out of the truck. I think he just went to the end of the road and <laughs> <laughs> Um He was the smartest but, one of the bunch is what you're saying? Yeah, probably was. <laughs> um, no, but so, I, you know I've got my climber got my gun and I walk out this little short ridge that's sitting on the side of a big bluff and it's probably one of the biggest hardwood bottoms on that management area
3: mm-hmm.
1: and um i had um uh, I had run out of of dough urine and I couldn't find any anywhere mm-hmm. around here not anything any good right and um, I had run, I had uh, in Walmart and saw this Jackie's deer lure, um, rutting buck
3: uh-huh.
1: and I thought, you know, hell it's worth a try, you know, <laughs>
3: right, yeah.
1: right. so I, I got this rutting and buck and I had just, just a little dough urine, estrus left
3: mm-hmm.
1: and, and I, I like to take Q-tips and cut them in half mm-hmm. and I'll just dip them and drop them as I go. So, so I did that with my dough urine mm-hmm. as I'm walking out, out there to where I'm gonna, you know, climb the tree. Well, I'd get the the uh, rotten bark out and I put some of it on a cotton ball and I just throw it
3: mm-hmm.
1: about, you know, about ten yards. And there's this old dead log there and throw it uh, over it, kind of over it, and I go, I'm starting to break my stand apart um, to put it on the tree. And I hear this buck grunting down in the, down in the holler and it's, it's getting, you know, it's getting louder. And I was like, that dude's coming this way. So I stop and grab my binoculars and I'm glassing, you know, um, this bottom looking for him and and I, and I, I pick him up and this dude is, he's trotting at a pretty good pace Mm -hmm. and he, he's coming straight at me and, um, It dawned on me at that point that the wind was – that's the way the wind was blowing at that moment. Yeah. And I was like, okay, he smells that estrus, you know. Yep. So he comes up the bluff within about 15 or so yards of me Mm -hmm. and stops and starts stomping, you know, and blowing because I'm just – I'm sticking out there like a sore thumb, you know. Right. (laughs) Right. guns laying up against the tree stand, you know, is broke apart and, you know, laying against the tree backpack on the ground and everything, you know, and I'm, I'm just sitting there. Mm-hmm. So he turns and starts walking along the side of the bluff and he grunted again. And I was like, what is he? What I'm trying to figure out what is he doing? Why is he grunting? And why is he grunting like that?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And so, I grunted at him. Well, he didn't stop. He went right on out of sight, and I was like, "Okay." So I, you know, I go back to my stand mm-hmm. while well, I hear a limb pop and I hear him grunt. He's now he's on the the other side of the ridge for me. The he's right on the other side of the dead log where I threw that cotton ball. Yep. The and and I notice happen to notice that the wind has also shifted. You know, wind in there swirl down here swirls a lot.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but in these pines and these hills and hollers and stuff, it swirls. But the wind was blowing from me to him. And and man, he kind of crested that little rise and he had his ears pinned
3: back. Mm-hmm. And
1: he's all bristled out and just you know, breathing smoke, you know. <laughs>
0: right.
1: And that was the coolest thing I've I I would give a million dollars for the footage of that deer coming up. And he's just every step just jabbing the ground. Oh yeah. You know? And then I and then it it dawns on me, I'm like, shit, he thinks I'm that buck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know. Jackie's rutting buck or whatever it is. Yes, yes, Jackie's rutting buck. Jackie's deer lure rutting buck. And you're, I, you're Jackie. Yeah, I'm Jackie. Yeah, I'm, I'm and I didn't want to be Jackie. <laughs> so I just, I was like, I, I thought, you know, all right, if if you come, if you step over that log, this is, it's not going to end well for one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I reached, and and I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't fast, but I wasn't slow either. I got my hands on that gun. Mm-hmm. And I clicked the I opened the scope, the popped the covers on the scope up and clicked the safety off and this dude's still coming. And I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, I don't know if it's legal shooting a lot, but it's, it's practically daylight. You know? It was
0: though. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah.
1: And he stepped over that log. And I just buried it right in his chest,
3: <laughs>
1: and he runs right up my right up the trail, and he falls over and kicks out literally about five yards from the road. No kidding. Yeah,
0: man, you can't beat that.
1: And, yeah, and my so my cousin texts me. He's like, "Did you just shoot?" And I said, "I did." And he said, "Cow?" I said, "Nope." Bobcat? <laughs> nope. He said, "Would you shoot?" I said, seven point." <laughs> yeah. He said, "That was quick." <laughs> I said, "Yeah." He said, "Well, just sit tight. It's cold. Don't worry. He's he's not you know he's not going to ruin.
3: It's cold."
1: Mm-hmm. I said, "I'm fine." So I, I get my climber about head high off the ground and just go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I lean back and yep. snooze till because we were coming out at twelve. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, of course they, they come up in the truck and the Bronco and he's like, where's he at right there? <laughs> yeah. Well, you already drug him. No, nope. no. That's where he fell dead. Yeah. That's just <laughs> how good like, you are. He's like, man, that's a little deer. What'd you shoot him for? I was like, man, listen, you'd have shot him too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so we walked down there and I showed him. you know, where he come up over the hill and stuff and where I shot and, Mm -hmm. you know, I told him the story and it's it's like, man, I'd have, I'd have hammered him too. (laughs) He's just a little old, he probably ain't 13 inches between, you know, inside Yep. broke up. He'd been fighting with something, Mm -hmm. um, you know, wouldn't impress a soul, (laughs) but that was one of the coolest things to see that deer and, you know, and, he wasn't five yards when i shot him maybe at the most five six yards wow
2: you know that's self-defense yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean and it really really and truly it was
2: yeah (laughs) yeah
1: you know or let me say this i wasn't gonna find out (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. right yeah he made that decision for you when he stepped across the log
1: he made that real easy (laughs) when he got in my personal bubble (laughs) yep no doubt oh that's awesome that's a great story too yep
0: that's, this, that's what it's about. I will say, though, one of the biggest things I'm taking away from this story is that the product design engineer is using Q-tips and cotton balls for his <laughs> for his deer scent.
1: Well, he's he's know, quick, he's, Rip. I'm telling you, he's quick. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I... I you know, I, I like to, you know, every once in a while give away a secret, you know, something to brings, you know, I want to, I want to feel like I've brought some value.
4: <laughs> that's it podcast. right there. Appreciate that.
1: Yeah. We're taking
4: notes. <laughs> yep. yeah. For everybody listen,
0: listening, I'm going to cut that yeah. out and make some audio of it. If anybody else ever needs any advice, that's what I'll give them.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you have to buy the ones with the, that are made out of the paper. Don't buy the plastic ones because they're. If you, if you don't cut them at home with scissors and you try to do it with a knife, it gets a little aggravating, so yep. just buy the paper one. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. We don't need any accidents out there.
1: Yeah, you literally can break them in half by hand. There you go. Time.
0: There you go. That's the big trade secret for the day. <laughs> all right, Rip. It does take a lot to impress you. know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before you do get out of here, let everybody know, um, if you're on social media or anything or, or where they can find you, if you want to go ahead and whatever you got.
1: Yeah, I, I do. I am on, I'm on Instagram and, and Facebook and, uh, TikTok and it's just Rip Dickerson. And I don't, you know, I don't do just a ton of stuff. I, mm-hmm. I post on that some and,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, I like to get on there every once in a while and complain about some things.
0: Oh but, yeah. Well, guys got to do that occasionally. Just to stay sane.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <but. laughs> yep. I, I appreciate you having me on man i enjoy listening to y'all and um, you, you guys do a great job with I appreciate the, that a lot podcast and everything and and I, you know i hope go ahead okay. no i
0: was just going to say thanks for taking the time out of your your evening and and being on with us we really appreciate it
1: hey i enjoyed it man on anytime anytime
0: yep well like i tell everybody we're definitely not Worried about having returned guests on, so we'll I'll hit you up sometime, and we'll talk. Maybe even in the springtime about some turkey hunting at some point too, because we need to do more of that. Uh, we need to talk more turkeys on here. We we ain't done enough yeah, of that. So
1: going to talk about turkeys, and we yeah. didn't get to it. But well, that's that, that hey, le- that, that's a good
0: idea. Yep, that leaves something for next time. Yeah.
1: Now listen, uh, but I'm gonna tell you right up front though. I don't know if I can share the secrets on the turkeys. Well,
0: uh, <laughs> we won't make you do any of that. We'll just talk about shooting them.
4: We we uh, already know that we're all using the right calls up here. We're a fan of Woodhaven calls. Mm-hmm. So we're already we're already on the right track. Yep.
1: Well, I hey, I want you to know we we appreciate your business and we appreciate you using our stuff. And and I do mean that. And I do you know you it's a it's a customer driven place man mm-hmm. you know and we appreciate each and every person out there that's willing to spend their hard-earned money on yep. our products yep so thank you from the bottom of my heart and everybody at woodhaven you know i want to say thank you
0: yeah for sure well hey we'll get you out of here again we'll have you on sometime i'll be i'll be in touch with you in- stay in touch and let me know how things are going and all that and if you ever find yourself up in illinois and you want to go have you know rick if you want to do a podcast or you want to go have a beer or something just let me know
1: absolutely man uh, I'll t- uh hey i'll take you up on
0: that hey i'm here you got my number Good <laughs> right, talking to you rip yeah all
4: right see you guys all right see you rip see you